Hello and welcome to Ill Rumination Podcast. Thanks for dropping by and uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Just a couple of warnings though. First of all, the audio quality at times is not the best here in this episode. But bear with us, we are getting there. And the other thing is, there is some swearing in this podcast. So beware if there are little ears around. In the apocalyptic virus-ridden summer of 2020, two friends with an interest in food and almost no regard for audio quality decided to start a podcast. This is the bastard right here. drinking proper job ah nice yeah oh on the pub table i thought you said on the pod table sorry no no pub table. so what they do in podcasts they open up and share chris yeah so may as well may as well start got a beer we've got some pub snacks and I think it's quite apt that we're recording this two days before the pubs reopen. Yeah. Because we're effectively rec- recreating the exact atmosphere of a pub in our own house here with a pint of beer and, yeah. and, and an array of fantastic pub snacks of the highest quality. None of them come with a risk of uh, COVID-19. No COVID-19, but... Certainly, a risk of a high blood pressure, and yeah, definitely. I hope so. It's it's a great combination, actually, uh, alcohol and and pub snacks, because it covers all the bases. You know, you've got liver disease, heart disease. Um, well, that's the main two, isn't it? Really, it's not all the bases. <laughs> Maybe gut disease. Gout. Yep. Uh, you certainly do nothing for your rickets. That's for sure. And, you know, it's at least kind of 200 to 300% of your daily recommended intake of saturated fat. Yeah, you're putting me off them a little bit now. Sorry, Hodge. I don't like my beer served with pub snacks and a massive wedge of guilt. (laughs) There's nothing to be guilty about, you know. I I don't subscribe to this this idea of a guilty pleasure. Everything is just pleasure. Right. There's, There's no need to be guilty about it. And obviously everything in moderation, which is why normally you only have pub snacks when you're down the pub. <laughs> which is, yeah, true. It might be why they're difficult to buy in the in the supermarket as well. I think it's. I think that's true. I think you know your scampi fries and and um, pork scratchings don't look quite right against the organic vegetable crisps. No, no. I suppose it's like the equivalent of going into B and Q and asking for a flamethrower. Or a trebuchet or something like that. It's like, no, that's too dangerous. To yeah. send, you know, you need to go to a specialist for that. Exactly. Or, um, you know, it's, it's like you wouldn't walk into uh, your pharmacy and expect to see the opiates next to the paracetamol. 
I'm sure in some places in America you can, can't you? Oh yeah, you can. But then you can also buy machine guns in in your local hardware shop in America. <laughs> of course you can. You could probably you could probably get a rapid fire trebuchet in and like a <laughs> in in a Walmart or something over there. Yeah. I just feel like everyone's going to think we're like anti seriously anti-American. Oh, it's the land. It's the land of the free. Anything goes. Apart from you can't drink alcohol before you're 21. So you know, it's, just, it's all back to front there, isn't it? Really, you can't eat unpasteurized cheese. It'd be dangerous to eat unpasteurized cheese and drink alcohol whilst operating your high-caliber machine gun in a public place. That does. That actually seems quite sensible. Now you've said it like that. Illumination. We were just talking about the fact that it was quite difficult to get these pub snacks without going to the pub and that did prove to be the truth because I couldn't get hold of any scampi fries, I couldn't get hold of any bacon fries and I couldn't get hold of one of those large cardboard holders for, for peanuts which when you pull the peanuts off it reveals a picture of a scantily clad lady. No. I'm presuming because they stopped production of that in 1990. Oh, that's a shame because they'd go down really well right now. I think, <laughs> I think um, it would be a it would be a fantastic addition to, you know, your pub brewery tap room or, or <laughs> you know craft beer bar. I don't imagine the um, the beer industry would mind at all. You know, in all seriousness, actually, yes, I mean, it's quite it's quite good that we do not have that anymore. But I remember the local pub, which I grew up in, in the village I grew up, did have one as a young teenage boy. It did provide me with a little bit of, you know, titillation, so to speak. Have you got any pork scratchings? Mm. Mr. Porky. Oh, you've gone classic. Yeah, gone classic, pork scratching. None of this pork crunch bollocks. so, So you mean like... Awfully posh pork crackling with sea salt. <laughs> is it is it pork cracklings or pork crunch? Pork crackling, but it's oh awfully, yeah, it's awfully posh. That's how I roll. Yeah, well we know that, don't we? <laughs> There's no gluten in this, though. Important. No, is it not? It, it, yeah, less ingredients in this probably than in yours. This has pork rind and sea salt. That's not a lot, is it? Yeah, okay. Wheat flour. Any flavour enhancers in yours? Yeah. Paprika extract. Ammonia caramel. Added iron. <laughs> Added iron? Oh, that is, that is healthy. I was expecting something a little bit less like a pork scratching, actually. And this is full-on, a couple of centimetres of fat. Now, they've, they've taken something very unhealthy... They haven't made it any less unhealthy, but they've somehow removed some of the fun. <laughs> What's that, grease? It's not greasy. It's not really salty enough. And um, it doesn't have that air of mystery about it. Did it have any hair on it? No hair. Oh. They're a bit too perfectly formed. I fucking love pork scratchings. We were talking about packets earlier, and I think the, pack- the packaging on this is too nice. Yeah. Pork scratching pack, crack, uh, packing should packaging should really represent its um, its roots. Basic. They're too easy on the teeth as well. I do love the disclaimer on a packet of pork scratchings that says like, "Caution: you may lose your teeth." I also like the thing where they kind of suggest that um, 
one packet is to be shared by like 15 people and therefore it's okay to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> As if you can have one each. Well, interestingly, like, so coinciding with this recording of this episode, this is an article I've read recently about... Are you going to eat and speak at the same time? Sorry, I'll stop doing that. On a podcast, this is, this is going to be really good fun for everybody. For all our fans. You have to take it in turns. When I'm, when I'm speaking, you can eat and drink. When you're speaking, you can't eat or drink. Okay. We can't both eat and drink at the same time. That, that would be, yeah. And it makes sense if we don't try and speak at the same time. Radio silence. Yeah, so it's a bit like a, um, a mastication conversation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's not like I've recorded podcasts about food and booze before. <laughs> it's not that like you're aware of the pitfalls of rustling packets, opening cans of bottles. Yeah, yeah, okay. I consider myself re-schooled. However, I think keeping it real is if you've got a bit of something stuck in your teeth, which is what you do get with pub stacks, you are allowed to try and initially suck it out Fish it out with your tongue, or pick it out with your teeth, or with your finger. Ding. <laughs> that last one was the least realistic sound effect. Okay, um, I'll try and think of a better one. I'm not criticising you though for the overall um, theme of that little aside. Anyway, this article is basically saying that the perfect pub snack is shared. That's what it kind of it sums up at the end. That pub snacks taste ten times better when shared with friends. Which mm. is, in my opinion, certainly depends on the pub snack, but bullshit. Yeah, I didn't come here for a fucking lecture on communism. Yeah, and I'm not going to share a pickled egg with someone. What's bollocks about that is, all pub snacks, pretty much, from the first to the last mouthful, taste the same. Yeah. Where's the fun come in sharing them? It's best just to eat them all yourself, isn't it? I reckon. I've never understood that person who, six people around the pub table, comes back with one packet of crisps and then opens it out like it's a little picnic tape, like a little picnic blanket for everyone to dive in. But you're only ever going to get one crisp, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. And what does that do apart from make you wish that you had a packet of crisps yourself? Well, there's another factor here as well to consider, and that is we're in a pub environment. If on average 50% of the people around the table are men, yeah, there's probably a, actually, no, there is, I've done the stats, there is a 65% chance that at least one of them has been to the loo without washing their hands. Yeah. And they're now fingering your pub snacks. Fingering your pork scratchers. Yeah. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I say, get keep buy snacks and eat them yourself. And and a bag of pork scratchings is a suitable size for a solo solo effort. Solo indulgence. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, suitable size but unsuitable cost. They're kind of a luxury item, really, aren't they? For like, was it forty grams of pork pork rind of, of pork fat held in a in a prism of crunchy protein? Yeah, it kind of got me to thinking. Why do you buy it? Why do you buy a pub snack? I, I, th I think there's a few reasons. Um, one, they go well with the beer. The other thing is, I think traditionally, for a long time, 
people probably didn't trust pubs to prepare food. Right. So something that came in an easy, easily, uh, you know, uh, to open packet, sealed yeah. a sealed packet, which is, you know, clean from the factory. Even if that contents of that packet are deep fried pork part, it's a lot more sanitary. Okay. Until piss fingers comes and fingers it all. How often have you been to a pub and they've had pickled eggs? Less so these days. More so in the olden days. And have you managed to get hold of any pickled eggs? Yeah. Did you manage to get some? I, I didn't manage to get any, but I did I did manage to, as I was walking past Ginger Pig, uh, I managed to get one of their <laughs> Dutch eggs, which is kind of similar, isn't it? So you've You've got a ginger pig scotch egg, which you know I love. <laughs> <laughs> and what? I've got a pickled egg. Show me a pickled egg, Hodge. <laughs> well, you're not, you're not a boiled egg, love, side, don't you? Yeah, but I want to see what colour the vinegar is. It was white vinegar. White vinegar, class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. You can't put you can't put a pickled egg you can't put a boiled egg in brown vinegar can you it just goes brown. I've seen it. Have you? Yeah, oh. I've seen it. Up at the cricket club. I think that's why they invented white vinegar, wasn't it? <laughs> to, to pickle eggs. Yeah. So yeah, I've got. A, I thought we were doing pickled eggs. Sorry. You said you. we're going to do pickled eggs. I've let you. Yeah. Well, I let you down again. Show me your Scotch egg. Show me your. No, don't show me actually. <laughs> no. Look at that panko bastard egg. <laughs> it's like, you know, organically reared, free-range um, pork sausage meat. Yeah. Perfectly par-cooked egg with a, a runny, kind of a semi-semi-solid yolk. Yeah. This is a bit like window putty. <laughs> does, it, does it bounce? <laughs> it's fucking hard. I think Zeus would bring it back if you chucked it. <laughs> <laughs> It's got the feeling one of those power balls, that's for sure. <laughs> well, oh, you've done me there, bastard. Again. <laughs> the um, this article, mm. uh, it does go into a lot of depth about the pickled egg because oh, yeah. the, the author really rates them. Well, he says, for him, the egg is a chance to pause and contemplate life as it whizzes by around him. He always opts for a dash of Tabasco and a sprinkle of white pepper over the egg which has been halved. The piquant spice and dusting of pepper serves to enhance the sharpness that prickles the tongue before being met with a swig of perhaps five points best or railway porter. Oh, right. So I'm going to eat this egg and imagine things swirling around my head. Do I need to get some Tabasco on it? Is that I, what you're saying? It might make it taste better. <laughs> well, I'm eating it now. Yeah. We need a bit of something, that's, that's for sure. What? It's just vinegar with a bit of egg. <laughs> that's all it is. Where, is he getting his, where the fuck is he getting his pickled eggs from? Yeah, this is just an egg. In, in vinegar, isn't it? How many, how many eggs in your jar? How many have you got to get through? Well, I, I deliberately bought a small jar of eggs, so it holds six. It's not one of those like mega jars that holds like 15 or something. I don't really get the pickled egg to be fair. 
I've, the only other place you really see them is fish and chip shops. Yeah. I think to yourself, I mean, I get the point. You've got a glut of eggs and food <laughs> is scarce, so you want to preserve them, right? Yeah. 150 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> why the fuck are we importing eggs from all around the world in order to pickle them in order to preserve them <laughs> for no fucking reason whatsoever yeah well and what I don't get is if you're because they're quite filling actually yeah it's just protein isn't it? an egg is just protein a vinegary vinegary protein ball that's not quite as elegant as the person who wrote that article that you quoted from but I'm going with vinegary protein ball it's quite filling but if you're buying fish and chips with mushy peas and probably some bread and butter in order to make a, a side sandwich then why do you need why would you need a pickled egg apparently egg aficionados put it into their packet of crisps yeah, oh right for salt for salt and like to mix up the flavors or something but to me that that's a bit like mixing up your your fried breakfast ingredients into like a mush. Which you don't want. No. Well, to me, that, that pickled egg, to look at it, it's 99% egg. Yeah. And 1% vinegar. Yeah. And to eat it, yeah. it's 99% vinegar and 1% egg. <laughs> However, the smell is about 50-50. <laughs> and that was just on the way in. I wonder how the smell is going to be tomorrow morning. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent oh, <100% yeah>. egg. <laughs> how was your um, fucking gourmet ginger pig scotch egg then? Really oh. nice, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's a surprise, isn't it? Healthy dose of pepper in the sausage meat. It's really, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice. Now, scotch eggs. Because I've got a scotch egg, I did a bit of research. Do you know why a scotch egg is called a scotch egg? No. Well, is it anything to do with Scotland? We, for years, in this household, we called them Scottish eggs. Yeah. We didn't really want to upset the, the Scotch. And, um, <laughs> but actually, it's got nothing to do with Scotland at all. In actual fact, the Scotch egg is so called the Scotch egg because it was invented by Richard Scotch, who also invented Scotch tape because he wanted an easy-to-pocket snack when he, went to the, when he went to the dogs. Really? You just made that up, haven't you? I'll, I'll, I'll let you decide whether I made that up. What is Scotch tape? Well, it's um, it's a sticky tape made with the um, the excretions of uh, the haggis, which is why it's it's so gets sticky. stickiness and why it's called Scotch tape. Oh, okay. Oh, that, make, that probably makes more sense then. I see. No, sorry, no, no. I, I think I've got that wrong. W- whatever the reasons for it being called a Scotch egg, it's actually got it has got nothing to do with Scotland at all. It was invented in England. Good. I do like a Scotch egg. Do you know what a Manchester egg is? Oh, I should do. No, I don't know. It's actually really, really kind of straightforward. It's um, because Manchester's in Lancashire, obviously. Lancashire's famed for its black pudding. So a a Manchester egg is wrapped in black pudding before it's breadcrumbed and fried. Oh, right. Okay. Not a black pudding sausage. A a black pudding sausage mix. Yeah, yeah. Mix of sausage meat and black pudding. Yeah. Oh, they're lovely, those sausages are. Yeah. Really nice. Have you ever made Scotch egg at home? He's nodding. To the hundreds of thousands of people listening at home, he's uh, he's nodding away. I think he has. I didn't want to talk and eat, Hodge. I was 
No, I know. I wanted to ask you a question when you've got a face full of fucking scotch egg. Fine. Delicious scotch egg, yeah. Um, yeah. Ginger pig scotch egg. It won't surprise you to know that in this house we have um, scotch eggs made with, with quail's eggs. <laughs> What's the fucking point of that? It's like having a bowl of m and <laughs> Exactly. It's fantastic. Right, I'm just going to go and get another beer. I don't think that Scotch egg came from ginger pig at all. He's got that from a fucking spa. He looks shit. It's bright orange and it's too big. There's a bowling ball. Number 12 bowling ball. He's fucking having me on here. Being a little bit authentic. I'll quiz him when he comes back. <clears throat> I've got to say this Scotch egg is delicious. Where'd you get your Scotch egg, Sam? Oh, uh, ginger pig hodge. Yeah, where, where, though, where? You're open. Uh, central, central London. <laughs> yeah, where? Fucking town. <laughs> Bor Borough Market. Borough Market, how much does it cost? Five quid. Five fifty. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Right, so that's a good point, actually. How much are you willing to pay for a scotch egg or a sausage roll in a pub? If I was going to buy a ginger pig scotch egg... Yeah. I'd be prepared to pay £4, which is the price they sell them at the Borough Market that you didn't know that you went to sometime this week in order to go and get a Scotch egg. Right. And according, and according to my Google at the moment, it's also available at Clapham, Shepherd's Bush, Marlebone, Waterloo and Borough Market. Sounds good. So you, went, you went to Borough Market and spent £5 on a £4 Scotch egg. Well, I was ripped off, wasn't I? I think we should move on. To is, it, is it a Ginster's Scotch egg? Do Ginsters do Scotch eggs? I reckon they do everything. I think they do anything that's along those lines these days. Um, taste testing Ginsters is episode um, 42. Mm. So be prepared for that. Worst case of indigestion I've ever had in my life was I was late for a lecture when I was at Durham Uni and I was really, really hungry. I hadn't eaten anything all day and I was really late. And I, there was a little uh, news agent across the road from where the lecture was being held and I ran into there in like a blind panic of I need something to eat and obviously you don't just want to eat something which is going to make you ill so very quickly but also what I thought was quite smartly I bought a chicken tikka sandwich and a chicken tikka ginsters pastry and then I thought because it's both chicken tikka that's like it's like a matching meal wasn't it mm. so then i thought oh, i'll just put the um the pastry in the sandwich and eat it like that <laughs> <laughs> I ran off to my lecture stuffing it in my face and then i was in excruciating stomach pain i couldn't even breathe for about the next uh, three and a half hours it was awful so to the to the millions listening at, at home don't do that pastry pastries in sandwiches don't work it's a very yeah valuable life lesson. Mm. What what would you put a Scotch egg into? You wrap it in pastry and bake it in the oven, wouldn't you? A, a Scotch Wellington. A Scotch egg on croute. One beautiful pub snack we weren't able to get hold of because you really can only buy it in pubs is the um, is the scampi fry. Oh yeah. And that really is, apart from the dry roasted peanut, which I know you know not everyone loves, but the scampi fry is probably king of the crop. Of the of the you know packeted pub snacks, 
I'd almost, I don't know whether I rate it over a pork scratching or not, but I think you have to be in the mood for pork scratching, whereas a, I think a scampi fry is salty, sour goodness. Yeah. What I like about both of them is that they have the uh, potential to like horrify certain people in your group. Yes. There's always someone who's absolutely horrified at the idea of eating a pork lump. <laughs> There's also the person who's absolutely horrified at something that smells so fishy that it unnerves them somehow. Yeah. It's normally the same person. And of course, there's no fish in a scampi fry, but it does have an unworldly fishy fishy aroma. Are they, veg- are they vegetarian? I think so. No fish at all? Well, I mean, this article goes on about scampi fries a little bit. Flavoured to mimic the salinity of the noble longustine, which is perhaps the finest of all shellfish, livened with a touch of lemon. Wow. So... I, I don't think there's any longestine in a scampi fry. No. For a long time, there wasn't any longestine in a scampi, so... Well, I'm thinking as well, call me uncouth, but how is a langoustine the king of shellfish? Because it's w- way smaller than a lobster. Yeah. And lobster kick the shit out of a langoustine. I mean, a langoustine could probably beat up a prawn, and a prawn could kick the shit out of a shrimp. That's true. That's standard, isn't it? Yeah. But a langoustine versus a lobster. No, lobster's going to win. Yeah. And in between that, you've got a crab who's like, he wants his fucking day in the sun as well, doesn't he? It's true. So surely all regal hierarchy is based on power differentials. Size and dominance. Size and dominance and power, isn't it? Yeah. So the langoustine can't be the... The langoustine's more like the... um, a jack or maybe a ten could be a ten could be a ten it's not it's not the king definitely not the king, What's, the king has got to be one of those fucking have you seen those spider crab things? I was going to say is it an Alaskan spider crab because those things are those, or the Japanese ones Terror. Japanese yeah they could take over the world if they only could like organise themselves a bit better stop hanging off rocks in aquariums in Weymouth well Sorted themselves out. Or bending up on the on the Japanese um, fish block. Yeah, if they stop crawling into, they just work out how not to get caught. Well, it's their legs, I reckon. It's their gangly legs. That's why you know the the simple brown crab, which can hide under a rock quite easily, is probably less likely to be snared by a Japanese trawler, or however they catch those giant crabs. So my um regal hierarchy of crustaceans theory you've just blown out of the water because you're saying little small crabs are better no i'm not saying that at all actually you're the kind, you're the kind of person who thinks that langoustine's the king of the fucking sea aren't you you're one of the, you start off on one position you quickly flip down to your real you scratch the surface and it's quite obvious where you are when it comes to the whole crustacean regal power hierarchy about the, the snack itself, though, infinitely superior to the prawn cocktail crisp, I would say. Do you mean the skip? Oh, the uh, the, prawn, the mini prawn cracker. <laughs> yeah, the, the shrunken down, intensified man trap that is the skip. Yeah, prawn cracker skip. Yeah. Walkers, Walkers, let's say prawn cocktail crisps, the skip, and the scampi fry 
what order would you put them in? In terms of fishiness or yumminess? Well, uh, let's, um, first of all, fishiness. So the most fishy... The most fishy. ...is the scampi fry. <laughs> yeah. Then the, uh, the prawn cocktail crisp. Then the skip. In terms of yumminess, I'm going scampi fry, prawn cocktail crisp. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think what we've gathered from that is that you like artificial fish flavour. Mate, if you fucking dangled a lure in front of me, I'd entangle my face on its hooks to try and get the fishiness out of it. That's how keen I am on fish. Have, have you ever tasted uh, fish flakes? That you feed to that fish? you feed to fish? No, but I do know they smell very, very fishy because I've fed a fish with them. I've never tasted them, but you've been tempted. As, a, as a seasoning over... You know, um, a fish pie, for instance, you know, sprinkle it over the yeah. tomato, that could enhance that overall fish, fishiness. You could do a nice uh, spaghetti dish with clams and prawns and then a little bit of white wine and finish it with a little bit of goldfish food. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some parmesan. Oh, we're just coming up with more and more ideas for new episodes. That's brilliant. Or animal foods as human foods episode. <laughs> to be fair, I've seen that, you know, like meatballs in a can. Yeah. <laughs> I've also, I've got a dog and I've given it dog food out of a can before. Well, the only thing that's different about it is dogs seem to like things chopped, um, chopped into cubes, whereas meatballs come in spheres. Yes, yeah. But the dog wouldn't know the fucking difference, that's for sure. Doesn't touch the sides. So, on the, the kind of sub level, the lower level of, of in the in the hierarchy, below the scampi fry, is the bacon fry. Now that is vegetarian. Yeah, no bacon was harmed in the making of a bacon fry. No. Now I I couldn't get hold of any bacon fries either because they're made by the same, probably the same factory that makes your scampi fry. And there's no pubs open. And there's no pubs open. So I did get some frazzles, Ooh, which are interesting. similar. I'm going to open those away from the microphone. Ugh. Who would have thought your diet of scotch eggs and beer had left your muscles weak, limp, and unable to tackle a polythene bag? See, this is, this is, highlights one of the problems with frazzles is that the quality of the packaging is too high. Now... I'm just going to hold this up so Mark can see it. <laughs> it's um, beige with a pink stripe. And and I'll show you the packaging. That just looks like streaky bacon in crisp form. Yeah. It's more maroon than it is uh, beige. There's a lot of beige on that in reality. Yeah, it's, it's a bit disappointing. There's, it's, the packet is very full. But I'm giving it a smell. And... It is. Do they teach you at wine school? Yeah. Sniff your frazzles. It is to bacon what prawn cocktail crisps are to prawns, <laughs> which is to be expected. But it, yeah, it's got a vague smoky. It's paprika. It's almost paprika in this. I think it's probably smoke flavour. There's a lot of ingredients. Smoke flavouring. There we go. Oh no, bacon flavour is the second ingredient on the list. What I like about that packet 
to the billions of people listening at home, they could uh, Google what they look like. Is that it's got a lovely uh, zigzag on the front. It's got frazzles, and the two Zs in the middle are looking quite dynamic because I think that's like the in frazzles. Yeah. And then to underline the dynamicness of that, there's a big lightning bolt zigzag underneath that with two bits of bacon sticking out. It's pretty hardcore. The impression here, I guess, is you know, it's trying to get you imagining the sizzling bacon in the in the pan it's a shame it tastes nothing like bacon at all <laughs> it, it tastes like um exactly what it is which is like a maize <laughs> deep fried snack or extruded snack and it leaves a weird kind of aftertaste of fake smoke and paprika good oh i'm wondering whether you could use that in another dish well i'm going to put it in a sandwich with some tomato ketchup <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's highfalutin, so, isn't it? So close to the real thing. You said about sandwiches. I, had, I was quite the thing about sandwiches. So, when you went down the village pub, or if you went to the cricket club, or any other kind of like social club, did they occasionally have a basket of pre-made, like a little fruit bowl of pre-made sandwiches on the bar, or behind the bar? Wrapped in cling film? That been cling film for 50 pence. Not in my local pubs, but I, I have seen them in other pubs. Yes. Oh, these are these frazzles what? are wrong. <laughs> like, give me a chipstick any day. You'd put them out for the local rats. No, I think the rats would turn them down. <laughs> so going back, so the point was like bar snacks don't fill you up, right? Packet of crisps don't fill you up. Packet of scampi fries don't fill you up pork scratchings don't fill you up yeah but a wee little sandwich if you've had a few beers and you're struggling and the place doesn't do food a wee sandwich will will sort you out won't it is a wee sandwich where someone comes back from the loo and gets you a sandwich on the way back <laughs> a cheap little roll will sort you out so why is why is that only available in like social clubs and uh, cricket clubs and places like that because the world is not a fair place. That's quite philosophical. <laughs> because I think um, pubs need to make a profit. If they spent time kind of buttering a load of rolls and, and shoving in some cheddar, sliced cheddar or ham or whatever. Grated. For 50, yeah, grated, sorry, for 50p. You know, it's not worth the yeah. while. Whereas in a, in a local pub or a, or a social club, they're doing it because it's going to make their customers happy. It's a community service. Yeah. And what I always liked about those sandwiches, again, which is a community service. Do you know how to make those rolls and sandwiches to, to elevate them to another level of delicious? Yeah, because that's, um, that's my next note on my page. Okay. It's almost like you're reading it, you idiot. Is <laughs> put crisps in it, innit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the crisp sandwich. It's like this, this sandwich isn't, isn't quite there, Barbara. Thank you for grating cheese all morning and making a cheese and onion, cheese and tomato or cheese and pickle sandwich. But I want to add a little bit of extra saltiness, vinegariness and crispiness to it. Get me a packet of fucking Walker's crisps. Oh, vinegar. That's all you need. Now you've taken two things and the thing you made is greater than the sum of its parts. Cheese and onion crisps, what colour packet? Walker's. No, just what... What springs to mind? 
green. Yeah, it is green, isn't it? Yeah. It is green. But you know, in walkers, it's blue, right? Yeah, yeah. But why was it? Everyone, I always think green. Yeah. But neither cheese nor onions are green. Oh. And if you, yeah. I mean, onions, well, if I get white onions, you probably can get a slightly green, tingy onion. But green onions. Yeah. So you can see where the, the mistake happened. <laughs> yes. When we were allocating, oh, what colour would you have? Beef crisp? Oh, that'll be brown. Prawn cocktail? That'll obviously be uh, bright pink. <laughs> yeah. Tomato, it'll be red. Cheese and onion? Oh. Oh, one. Um, Blue. No, green. <laughs> uh, why is red is salted red? Oh, because it's got red in the in the title. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a big advocate of the um, bowl of sandwiches, and I think all pubs should be made to provide some sort of basket of sandwiches at a, at a reasonable price. Fair enough. It's better than fucking, do you want a bar snack? Yes. What would you like? Or I'll have a ginger pig scotch egg plus the markup, please. Yeah, that's £7.50. <laughs> that's, that's more than a fish supper. Do you remember... And I don't know if this is still the case, but because I've not been to this pub in a long time. But do you remember there was a pub in Hackney we went to, we used to go to, which was around the corner from the house we had. And the bar snacks they served there were little pre-packaged bowls of olives. Ooh. In the East End? In the East End. Blimey. And... Was that the Dove? The, um... It was the, um, the... No, the... Prince Albert, very good, yeah. Fact checker over here. And at the time, this seemed like quite novel, but but now in retrospect, it seems like it's going completely against the ethos of, of pub snacks. Well, so I was going to ask you about going international pub snacks. Right. Because olives on the bar. Yeah. And uh, tapas. Yeah. Well, when I was in Costa Rica, boca, what they call bocas. Bockers. Bockers. Bocker, 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 bocker. Did you understand that? Yeah. Mouthfuls, little mouthfuls of food, but um, they come free with a beer. And it's like little um, chunks of kind of pork, like grilled pork or grilled beef or, you know, was there a, was there a British English version of that at some point? Uh, uh, yeah, there was. And they were still doing it. When we lived in the East End, down on um, Whitechapel Road, there were pubs there which still had plates of prawns and cockles and mussels out on the bar. Oh, man, that was the most disgusting thing. I've... <laughs> the fishy... If you're worried about the fishiness of scampi fry, then pint glass of prawns on the bar on a Sunday in the Blind Beggar 35 degree heat is something else. Yes, I remember that. You've hit upon something here, Hodge. I reckon in 1927, when the um, the scampi fry was invented, it was probably after a particularly hot summer and a <laughs> massive bout of food poisoning across the East End of London. Someone, someone somewhere said, there must be a better way. <laughs> we want to give people... A very fishy experience, but we don't want to fucking kill them. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I do remember that. Yeah, cockles and shit like that just for free. Yeah. Illumination. Well, I mean, apart from dry roasted peanuts, um, you know, we pretty much covered everything. Actually, that's a good question. Dry roasted or ready salted? Salted, roasted, whatever you call them. Peanuts. Uh, dry roasted. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And do you, be honest now, we can whisp- we'll whisper this bit so that no one hears the answer because you might bring shame upon you and your family. But you know in the bottom, once you've eaten all the nuts, yeah. in the bottom of the packet, yeah. there's like powder yeah do you ever do you ever do the do you ever do powder in the bottom or that little i i have that up like it's cocaine <laughs> so do, do you be honest now you little tinker do you wet a finger and like dab it or do you just like tip it into your throat <laughs> I, I i upend the packet straight into my mouth <laughs> Your eyes, <laughs> just rub it into my gums. 